This podcast is presented in collaboration with the Audio Production 2 class in the School of Media and Journalism at Arkansas State University. Hi, and welcome to Plot Talk. I'm your host, Ethan Looper, and I'm joined with my guest again, Jake. And today we're Hello. talking about... Don't interrupt. Today we're talking about the newest adaptation of one of the most recognizable game series in the world, Mortal Kombat. I thought it was Mario. I'm I said, just kidding. I said one of. You fool. Uh-huh. You fool. You utter fool. How does it feel to be so foolish? I don't know. How does it feel? I don't know. I'm asking you. That's why I'm asking you, because you're the fool here. Says the guy who confused Mortal Kombat for Mario. I was joking. Uh-huh, that's what fools say. Your life is a joke. That's besides the point. <laughs> So, yeah, like I said, this is the second time, I believe this is the second time they've tried to adapt this to the big screen. Or the second, I'm trying to think of the phrasing. Because it's tech, would you consider this the second time they did it? Because Annihilation was a thing. But it's part of a series, though. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say, is that, would this count as a, a, a new attempt? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, we're going second attempt to adapt the Mortal Kombat uh, game series to the big screen. How did it do? Well, eh. in terms of the fighting, it is fantastic. Like, in all honesty. The fighting is great, and the effect, especially for Sub-Zero, is really great. You know? Mm-hmm. And it's term for the plot and everything else. The fighting is really great. You know, the effects are really great. I guess we should actually get a bit more into this, though, shouldn't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, before we do that, I do want to bring up something that's been confusing me. I've I've seen so much praise going to this movie. And I feel like the only reason it's getting that much praise is because of the spectacle of it, you know? Mm-hmm. I, like I said, the fights are amazing. Whoever the choreographer was for this film, whoever planned out the fight scenes, keep them on payroll forever. Like seriously, review the rest of the film. What? And just review the rest of the film. Yeah. You know, just honestly, I kind of want to just take the fight scenes and just leave it as that. Mm-hmm. You know, can we, can we just change this to fight talk or something like that, and we can just review the fighting in the movie? Yeah, that'd be better, honestly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, th- this movie's been getting so much praise. A lot of people saying it's fantastic, and it, the fighting, like I said, is great. But the the rest of it, it okay. There's one other thing that's really good in this movie, but we'll get what? to him. We'll get to him later. But for right now, we're going to get into the start of the movie, which honestly wasn't bad. Like, it started off really good. Eh, a little generic. Yeah, but I mean, you do have to set up the whole Bihan Hanzo thing going on. That's a stupid thing, yeah. I mean, it's not really stupid. That's how it's always been. I didn't much like it. What do you mean? Like, what didn't you like about it? Like, the Hanzo everything. I like that part, but... I just didn't like Cole. No, we're talking about the very beginning right now. Just the beginning by itself. You're getting way too far ahead. I know we want to get done with this as fast as possible. Trust me, I get that. But we're going to take it one step at a time here. Mm -hmm. Let's get through this part first, which honestly, like I said, is really good. It's a really strong opening. The, The... Starting with Hanzo and his family just hanging around, and then Bihan and the Ling and the Ling Kuei attack. It's honestly a really good scene, and especially when after Hanzo hears his wife scream and he runs back and he fights off a lot of the Ling Kuei and ends up fighting Bihan. It's really good. Mm-hmm. And then it's the start of how. Bihan is an an incredible fighter. 
but he sucks as an assassin. Uh huh. <laughs> You'll see throughout the movie, he absolutely sucks. Oh, absolutely. But Bihan, he fight Bihan and Hanzo fight, and we know Bihan's coming in because Scorpion's or Hanzo's wife says, "Hey, why is it really cold in here?" And you know. Uh, Bihan ends up becoming Sub-Zero and, you know, does all that crap. So, what ends up happening is Bihan, well, Hanzo ends up killing a bunch of the Lin Kuei members after he comes in, finds his wife and son frozen while they're checking on his daughter. It happens. Yeah, you know, it, these, these things kind of happen. Your, your wife, it happens all the time to everybody. Yeah, your wife gets killed. Get over it. And your son. Come on now. Meet another woman. No. You can make another mm -hmm. one. Nowadays, whose parents don't get killed, right? <laughs> uh, let's see. So, Bihan and Hanzo fight. And it, like I said, it's a really good fight. Uh, and it ends with uh, Bihan stabbing uh, Hanzo with the... What would you call... Is that a kunai that he has? That he tied to the rope? I think it was a gardening tool. Well, yeah. I think a kunai was originally a gardening tool. Mm-hmm. I was just trying to think of what it was particularly called. Yeah. There's a lot of, like... I was gonna say Japanese, but I'm not sure how... I'm not... I can't remember if... A sai is a Japanese weapon or not. Or weapon... Japanese thing. Know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Because that was also originally a gardening tool that can be used as a weapon. So, But though, we found out early on that the uh, samurai sword is garbage. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when the character's not... When a character from a video game doesn't normally use one, it's understandable that it's gonna suck. And we, as we learn later, guns suck too. Yeah. <laughs> Everything sucks. Yeah. Nothing, everything but good old-fashioned fists. Unless you're Jax, but we'll get to that. So, Bihan ends up mortally wounding uh, Hanzo by, like, cutting him a couple of times. Like, one, I think there's one really deep cut in his gut that Bihan did to Hanzo. Then he stabbed him in the shoulder, and then he... Did he run away, or that. was he teleported away? Uh, Bihan. I think he's teleported away. Okay. I couldn't remember if he just kind of ran away or if he was just like, oh, or if he just got teleported out. But mm -hmm. this is what I was saying when Bihan is a lousy assassin because Hanzo isn't instantly dead. He hears his daughter crying and he starts crawling towards back, back to his house and he ends up dying on the way there. And we see a dragon mark on Hanzo. And then he, at, as he dies, he sets on fire and vanishes. He goes to hell. Yeah. Which begs the question. Like any normal person. I mean, yeah, obviously. And then we see Raiden come in. No comment, Jacob. We see mm -hmm. Raiden come in. He finds the child and he steals it. I mean... He's a kidnapper. I mean, what is? Who are they gonna tell the parents? They're dead. Ghostbusters. What is a Ghostbusters going to do? Raiden's a ghost because he just like popped up out of nowhere, right? <laughs> yeah, obviously <laughs> Raiden's a ghost. That's why his eyes glow. Mm-hmm. It and, all makes sense now. Yeah. And then he teleports away with the baby, with lightning. Honestly, I was just thinking of Thunderstruck whenever he popped in. Mm -hmm. And then the title Mortal Kombat pops up. Now, before we go any further, there's a couple things I want to address. I've said enough about the fighting. But this is kind of the issue with this movie. I kept talking about the Lin Kuei and all that. I completely forgot to mention the Shirai Ryu, the Shirai Ryu, my bad. 
And that's Hanzo's, like, clan, kind of. That's basically never mentioned, except for the first time. For the beginning fight and the final fight, it is. Mm-hmm. But, ignoring that. Uh, now, if you're like us, and you're huge Mortal Kombat fans, you know what those are. Like, absolutely, you know. Granted, the it seems like the video games don't really know exactly what they are, especially with the Lin Kuei, but that's n- neither here nor there. But if you're mm-hmm. someone who's not familiar with this, with the Lin Kuei and the Shirai Ryu and all that, how are you going to know what the significance of this is at all? You won't. Exactly. And, like, why... Was the Lin Kuei so focused on killing the Shirai Ryu? Never said. Did did Sub-Zero, or my bad, Bihan, as he's known as at this point, kill Scorpion? Or, Christ, I'm just having so much trouble with this. Hanzo, because did Hanzo wipe out a bunch of Lin Kuei? Well, okay, we find out later why uh, Bihan was willing to kill him. But it doesn't explain why the rest of the Lin Kuei was. Mm-hmm. So, it begs the question of, like, why is this like this? Uh, and the explanations don't get any better as the movie goes on. Not just, I'm not just talking about for the Lin Kuei and the Shirai Ryu. That goes even further, all the way to the tournament of mortal Kombat. mortal Kombat. the premise of the mortal Kombat is explained in a three line black screen mm-hmm. that hold on that doesn't really cover much like let me pull this up really quick Okay, it says, Earthrealm is on the verge of catastrophe. Should it lose one more tournament, the savage realm of Outworld will invade. But an ancient prophecy foretells that a new group of champions will be united under the, by, the, by the rise of Hanzo Hasashi's blood. Okay, so how did this tournament start? Now that was ever uh, talked about. They mentioned the Elder Gods twice, which mm-hmm. again, if you know the games and you know the game stories, then you understand what that is. You're going to understand that, oh, the Mortal Kombat tournament was this tournament created by the the Elder Gods to keep Outworld from just invading Earthrealm and just taking over like it just did a bunch of other realms. Mm-hmm. Although I think in some variations the other realms actually did also lose Mortal Kombat tournaments and then they just took over. But, uh, it's weird because it begs the question of why can't Outworld just invade now? What is stopping them? And like I said, we get a little bit of an idea later, but they don't really go much into it. And honestly, it ends up kind of contradicting what happens because... Okay, we'll get that. We'll get there when we get there. I'll bring it up later. Mm-hmm. It's just this movie has a bad thing about not like I can't say it's for Mortal Kombat fans because it changes so much. Yeah. So it's a new take, but with that new take, you do need to explain things that fans probably that hardcore fans probably already understand because it's hard to know what is or isn't canon in this point. Mm-hmm versus it being made for new fans because it doesn't explain enough of what's going on. So it just kind of leaves this whole issue with, you know, everything. Kind of sucks. So, ignoring all of that, after the three, actually it was four lines of dialogue, my bad. After the four lines of dialogue... We get to see, uh, da da da. We get introduced to our main character, Cole Young. 
And at the beginning, he's not too bad. Mostly because you're expecting him to go somewhere. Like, you're expecting to learn more about him and more about this world. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah. Uh, oh, interestingly enough, there's this thing that came out. Like, it was some wiki thing that shown which characters were the most popular by what was searched the most through the Mortal Kombat wiki, I believe. And Cole Young won. And they're like, he's the most popular. It's like, no, most people was like, who's Cole Young? Because you mentioned Scorpion and Sub-Zero along with Cole Young. You mentioned the two most well-known characters from Mortal Kombat. And then some random third guy. So yeah, people are going to mm-hmm. be looking that up. You know? Yeah. So, that's just kind of an issue I had with that. But, yeah, at the beginning, Cole Young's not that bad. I, I do like the idea... Of someone who's like a MMA fighter who just I wouldn't mm-hmm. even say he's bad at fighting like he's decent and he was doing good until he tried to take, go to the ground game in the MMA fight he starts strong but he can't finish yeah so oh yeah they have this really awkward part where like they're up against the cage and his daughter, who's playing, who's like his ringside team, and she just yells, "Do the uppercut, Dad!" While they're like uh, right up next to each other, where they can't really do any big hits. Mm-hmm. And if you're wondering why I'm bringing that up, it comes back later. And there's a part where, like I said, he he's doing good, like at striking. It's just that when he goes to the ground game, he ends up uh, losing because he gets trapped in an arm bar and his arms are about to snap and everyone's telling him not to tap out even though he can't get out of it at all. And then after he taps out, they all start booing him. It's like he literally couldn't get out. He literally would have lost an arm. But mm-hmm. in that crowd of spectators Jax was watching Jax was probably thinking man that would have sucked to lose your arms I'd hate to know how that feels and he starts talking to him about this dragon mark he saw Cole have and then Cole's like yeah I have this mark and it's apparently a birthmark we'll get to the dragon marks later just know that Cole has one and Jax also turns out to have one. So Cole and his fam, his wife and his daughter, they go out to get ice cream. I think is what it was. Yeah. Yeah. They go out to get ice cream. Jax is stalking them, watching them. And suddenly it starts snowing. And it's July. So everyone's like, hey, wait, what's going on? That's really weird. And then, uh, turns out Sub-Zero's there, and he's controlling the weather. Yeah, oh. Sub-Zero. <laughs> you know, on reflection, I really do like how much of, like, a horror monster they made Sub-Zero to be. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, but... Like, he's, me. he's virtually unstoppable throughout most but of the me, film. it's, like, more of a noob cybot. Which is funny, because, yeah. Yeah. If you know your Mortal Kombat stuff, you know why Bihan's version of Sub-Zero dressed up like uh, Noob Saiba is really fun. Oh yeah, something really interesting is that in MK9, I believe, there's an alternate skin for Noob Saiba, which is just... Mm-hmm. The alternate uh, costume for Noob Saiba and Sub-Zero in that game is the same costume. It's just mm-hmm. that for Noob Saiba, it's black. Because they're both... Behan, uh, yeah. Honestly, I can, honestly, I think the normal costume for Noob Saibot is the Behan outfit, just with like a hood and something added onto the torso. But going back to this, Noob, you got me saying Noob Saibot now. Sub Zero is attacking them. We see him 
cause a bunch of he causes the snow to rise back up and he uses it to try to kill people i i can't remember if we just see someone get hit in the head with it or if it goes straight through their head i like it's hit in the head with it yeah I, like <laughs> it was a meaty whack though just mm-hmm. wham it's like oh he's, he's probably dead he's definitely dead jacks gets these people into the cole's family into his van and they drive off and it was weird when we were first watching it and suddenly Sub-Zero cuts them off in an alley. <laughs> you know? Like, we learn later mm-hmm. that they can be teleported. But... Plot st- reasons why they couldn't. <laughs> it's just so funny to... Honestly, now that I'm thinking about it, why didn't Jax just reverse and drive away? <laughs> but... I think he had to just, lose I, his arm somehow. I think it's just kind of a... Like, we're not going to be able to completely get away from him, and it's better to have one person distract him here while the others get away. Mm-hmm. So, Jax and Cole get out of the van. Jax goes to the back of the van, takes out a shotgun, and he tells Cole to go to a certain place to keep his family safe. And then Sub-Zero ducks into some warehouse place was it a gym i uh, know it was a construction site it looks like yeah it's a construction site where uh on again i just love how much they made sub-zero a horror thing because Jax goes in there with a shotgun it's all frozen he's like trying to listen for it like where is he it's just like alien yeah it's Honestly, a lot of the time when Sub-Zero's on screen, it's really good. Mm-hmm. There are some parts that aren't, but we'll get to that. Uh, so, we see we see Sub-Zero come up behind Jax. Jax turns around and tries to shoot him with a shotgun. And Sub-Zero not only freezes the gun, but freezes all the individual pellets. And then he shatters the gun. Mm-hmm. And... Again, like I said, whoever did the court honestly, who did who planned out the fight for this movie really needs to stay on the payroll because it is really good. Uh, and then Jack starts fighting him hand to hand, and then Sub Zero freezes his arms, shatters his arms, and then kicks him down what looked like a two story drop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is another ish uh, situation where. Sub-Zero sucks as an assassin. We learn later that Sub-Zero is tasked with killing the drag- anyone with the dragon mark, which made sense why he was willing to let Cole go to kill Jax, because Jax has one, and he'd be another one he could kill. But he doesn't make sure he's dead. Which, okay, granted, if I just destroyed someone's arms and kicked him down a two-story drop, I'd probably assume they're dead, too. I would try if I'm like if they're supposed to, I'm supposed to kill them. I would see if they're dead first. Yeah, but I'm just saying that. Uh, I was just more so saying that's like uh, okay, I can kind of understand, kind of. But then again, he's a centuries-old assassin. He should know better than anyone to basically double tap. Mm-hmm. But nah, we're just going to ignore that for now. So Cole ends up going to where he needed to, where Jax told him to go to meet up with Sonya Blade. He meets up with Sonya Blade. They're talking. He shows his dragon mark, and then we get introduced to the one other good thing besides the fights. Kano. Honestly, the best character in the movie. Yes. Honestly, I think this might be partially the reason why they got rid of Johnny Cage. They're just like, oh, crap! We made Kano too much like him. Oh no! Too much sass in one movie. What? Too much sass in one movie. <laughs> yeah, become a sass black hole, a sass hole. <laughs> but yeah, he's really uh, Kano's really good in this movie. Uh, and then reptile. Actually, I'm not even sure if it was supposed to be reptile because they don't call him reptile. But this reptile-like creature comes in. He has the same moves. As reptile, but it, uh, I don't know. It's weird that they just went full reptile instead of the ninja reptile. 
Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what the first, like, the original Mortal Kombat movie did. But at least he, that one eventually became the Ninja Reptile. This one doesn't. And he doesn't get a chance to because Kano performs his original fatality on him. And I think this is a good time, Zanny, to talk about the fact that Kano doesn't have his half-cyborg face. Which... I know. If you know any anything about the Mortal Kombat characters... Like, if you know about the Mortal Kombat characters... You know Kano is the guy with the red... With half the face being a cyborg and having a red eye. Yeah. Uh... I feel like we should talk about how they handle that later, don't you? Like, when we get closer to that point? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Kano rips out the reptile's heart, and he sa- he says the whole fatality thing. Uh, you get it? You get yeah. it? They say that in the games. Honestly, those were probably the best part about the dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> in all honesty, which is sad. I I laughed because it would hurt to cry. So, they have to make their way to Raiden's Island, and Kano just so happens to know how to get there. Because he used to smuggle things around it, or something like that. Run guns through it. Yeah. Apparently Raiden is just completely fine with that. Oh yeah, and this is where we start to learn more about how the Dragon Marks work. The Dragon Mark symbolizes someone who is chosen by the Elder Gods to compete in Mortal Kombat. Now, if that was it, that would be fine. But it's not. How it works is you have these people who are chosen by the Elder Gods, but if they are killed by someone else, or if they die near someone else, that other person gets the Dragon Mark. Why? All I gotta say is the other the Elder Gods have horrible choices when it comes to the fighters. I mean, they don't have much choice. <laughs> they have like 7 billion people to choose from and they picked questionable people i mean i mean with kano he kind of just took it Mm -hmm. basically i think that's also how they explained it with Jax too was that Jax was Jax was near somebody when they died and he managed to get the dragon mark that way he didn't kill him i don't think uh so it's It's weird. The reason Cole has one is that it turns out... I don't think this is going to be... Okay, this is kind of a spoiler. Cole is the descendant of Scorpion. He is. Just... There you go. So... I just saw something. What's the point of making him an orphan? I don't know. Like, when you just take the information that Scorpion had a baby that was left behind, and the main character is an orphan, and you find out they're related, it's like, oh, okay, that's their child. But then it's like, oh, wait, no, it's not, because Hanzo Hasashi died in, like, the 16th century or something like that? Yeah, uh, 17th century. 17th. Uh, so it's just like... What was the point of making him an orphan? Like, maybe it was to be... Do the whole, like, oh, you do this because if he had his family, they would know about the legend of the dragon mark and all that. But at the same time, though, wouldn't that be all it is to them? A legend? Oh, no, it's so stupid. Uh, maybe we're worried. There's less characters. <laughs> so, I think after this point, we see a bit of Outworld. 
it doesn't look outworld doesn't look great but at the same time though outworld has never really had that big of a presence in any of the movies you know what i mean mm-hmm. so it is just kind of like uh what are you really going to do without it being like an entire cgi world mm-hmm. and we see shang sung and melina so shang sung in this movie he has no presence in all honesty like i i hate to say that because shang sung's probably because the Shang Tsung from the original movie and Shang Tsung in Mortal Kombat 11, he has a lot of presence. Mm-hmm. Compared to uh, this one, he's like he's not, he's nothing in this one. You know what? Really Go ahead. That doesn't bother me so much as uh. Raiden has even less presence than Shang Tsung. Uh, honestly, I'm more d- disappointed in Shang Tsung just because of how much I like uh, Carrie Tagawa as Shang Tsung mm-hmm. and how good he does it. Even like 30 something years late or like close to 30 years later, you know? Mm-hmm. Something interesting. Guess who plays Shang Tsung in this movie? Who? The guy who was like the. That Chinese accountant guy from uh, The Dark Knight. Uh, yeah, he plays Shang Tsung. So we just need to call Batman. He'll deal with it. Uh, so Shang Tsung and... Uh, I was going to save Raiden for a little bit later, so I'll just wait till then. But yeah, both Shang Tsung and Raiden really don't have much of a presence in this movie. Which is really weird because Shang Tsung later on does actually kill a main character so it's really weird how sad name it, it's really weird how this one doesn't have a presence even though he actually kills someone mm-hmm. like an actual important character For, okay i'm not trying to say lu kang's brother from the original movie is unimportant to lu kang it's just that let's be honest he was already dead, so it's not really much of a character. That happens. Yeah. Brothers die. Get over it. No need to cry about it. So Yeah, family members die all the time. <laughs> so, we... Oh, yeah. Going back to what I was saying about Shang Tsung. Not about him having no presence in this movie, but Shang Tsung has this effect on his voice. It's like a reverb or something. And Melina has one, too. And there's one, there's one part. I, they actually have a scene where they completely forgot to put the reverb on Shang Tsung's voice. Mm. And I'll talk about that when we get to it. But we get we cut back to uh, Kano and Liu Kang, not Liu Kang, Kano, Cole, and uh, Sonya going to Raiden's Island. They parachute off. And this is where we learn Sonya Blade actually doesn't have a mark of her own. And she almost kills uh, Kano because he keeps mouthing off. I mean, honestly, who wouldn't? Yeah. I mean, it would have killed the only enjoyment I've had in the movie besides the fights, but it's understandable. Mm-hmm. So they end up meeting with Liu Kang and Kano starts mouthing off to him. And then he just hits him with a fireball. And Kano's reaction is just great. <laughs> so, they end up talking with Liu Kang and Kong Lao. And they go more into depth about how they have these powers. Actually, no, wait. No, that's... Is that before or after the show off... The, the showdown with... Uh, Shang Tsung and his assassins and Raiden makes the barrier. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Is that before or after, like the power explanation? Uh, after. The power explanation's after or the... A barrier's after. Okay, so we get into how they explain the powers. So, the dragon mark is more than just you're chosen by the Elder Gods. It means you have 
well, actually, I think anyone who gets it can have a power. So, technically, everyone can have a power, but you have to be chosen. This is something I really don't like about the movie. Mostly because for three out of the six characters that end up having one, half of them are techno in the games were technology-based. Kano, Jax, and later on Sonya, all of their powers that they get from their little dragon mark, it was technology. Like I said earlier, Kano had have his face as a cyborg, and that's how he shot a laser eye out of it. And we'll get to Jax and Sonya when we get to those. But uh, they're uh, so we so Shang Tsung's uh, Sub Zero and Melina show up on the island, and they're about to try to kill. All the chosen ones. And then Raiden makes a barrier. And this is actually where they forgot to add the reverb to Shang Tsung's voice. Mm. Like, come on now. How do you miss that? I would miss it if I was making it because I'm not a professional. But as a professional, how do you miss that? Well, mistakes happen in the movies all the time. That is a pretty big mistake. It's it's not like it was some background thing that was happening. It was a character straight talking, and you just needed to put an effect on it. And with, especially with movie editing, you check over and over and over and over again. So multiple people saw that scene and was like, okay, that's fine. Saw the finished product of that scene. Okay, that's fine. They're probably rushing a little bit. Which is weird because they have have a huge delay, but, you know. So, they forgot that, which is still a really big oversight. And we get to, uh... I'm going to get a bit more into Raiden. Raiden, in this movie, like we said earlier, has no presence. And it's not that he just has no presence. It's very, very weird how they handled him. Because in every other version of Raiden, in the original uh, live-action movie, in the games, in the animated movie, he was always super protective of the fighters until the day of the Mortal Kombat tournament where he could not intervene. In this one, for some reason, the Elder Gods are fine that people are killing their Chosen Ones well before the tournament. And it's not mm-hmm. even that, oh, they're just dying to other people that could be used in the tournament. Because they're dying to outworld you know, forces or outworld forces. They're trying to kill them. And Shang Tsung even makes a comment about the Lady... I'm busy. Podcast? Yeah. Should be. No. Uh, so, we have this... Uh, crap, what was I saying? Sorry, someone came in really quick. It's fine. It's, you were just saying how about Raiden has no presence and stuff? Oh, no, I was talking about the Elder Gods. Uh, the Elder Gods. Yeah, Shang Tsung makes a direct quote, makes a direct reference saying that the Elder Gods are super lazy, and how do you... Th- and he earlier told Melina that, how do you think we... We only won nine tournaments in a row because we cheated and stuff like that. It's like, come on now. That is lazy as hell. Mm-hmm. Like, come... I get it's supposed to be something new, but it just begs the question of, why can't they invade now? If they are this lax about the rules, why not go ahead and invade? It would have been better to invade now, yeah. Like, I get they didn't succeed in killing, like, none of the Outworld forces. Actually, that's not entirely true because I've seen later, but still. So, anyway, I'm going off on a tangent. Oh yeah, one more quick thing. Apparently Raiden's an Elder God. 
because Elder Gods are forbidden to help like this, which is so stupid. It's not the actual tournament yet. And Raven's not an Elder God. Yeah, in every other version, he is not an Elder God. He is one of the gods of Earthrealm, but he is not an Elder God. So, I need to get off on this. I need to, we need to start moving on. Mm -hmm. So, we have, so, Sonya, not Sonya, we see Jax is actually at the temple. So, it begs the question of, why didn't Radom bring them all there in the first place? Because we yep. learn later he can teleport people. They would have been safe. Well, other gods can't interfere. Yeah. Even though it's not the tournament, and he's not an elder god. Yeah. Like, if, if all this was going on in the tournament, that would be fine. There would still be the issue of the elder god thing, but it's like, okay, that's a new interpretation, whatever. But it's not the tournament. You have outworld forces actively trying to kill your champions. So, I don't get it. Nobody does. I'm not sure if the writer writers do. So they, so the people, the Cole and Kano are starting to work on how to get their powers. And Kano actually manages to get his first because they don't give him an egg roll. Okay, they and do. He got met. They do really egg him on. Nothing to that. I made a snide <laughs> laugh what? at it. I made a snide laugh at it. Oh, sure you did. Uh, so it just really—it's this is where Kano gets his laser eye, and while watching, I was thinking, okay, why is that coming out of one eye? The only thing I can think of is that the powers also manifest based on your physical. Uh, status at that time so because that one eye was messed up it was like okay we can shoot the laser out of that that's the best explanation I can come up with for that mm -hmm. so they're training Cole can't activate his and then eventually Cabal who's another member of Kano's old dra black dragon forces convinces Kano to start working for them. So, why was he still... Shouldn't the Elder Gods be able to tell that he's turned against them and removed the mark? But... <clears throat> the Elder Gods are lazy. Yeah. Maybe that's where the enemies got their powers? But that still wouldn't make sense for Shang Tsung. Mm -hmm. And what about Raiden? Well, he's supposed to be an Elder God, so whatever. But Cabal ends up convincing Kano to betray them. Oh yeah, we also see Jax with like some Terminator robot arms. You know, the ones that look super flimsy. Uh-huh. <laughs> and they basically kind of are super flimsy. So Kano destroys the staff that created the barrier. Well, that was holding the barrier. And then... Shang Tsung attacks with. Honestly, I don't think. I was about to say. He, I was about to start start off with Sub Zero, but I don't think Sub Zero does anything in this fight, does he? No. Yeah, no. It's with Melina, General Raiko, uh, Cabal, Melina, and Natara's there too. She flies around for a little bit and then gets killed. It happens. Yeah. Which really sucks because. Nataro is actually a huge thing in the games. Like, she was a huge reason why the Dragon King and Onaga came back to life, but whatever. Uh, so, Kung Lao kills her. Raiden tries to teleport them all to the Void. But, Kung Lao ends up getting killed by 
Shang Tsung while Liu Kang and Cole just watch. Cole, I can understand not being super quick to act on that. It's just like, what is going on? But Liu Kang was specifically told what was going on, and he has a ranged attack he could have used. But no. He doesn't. How could they do this to my cousin? We we're supposed to die together. Yeah, he. I think he actually just straight up says, if we were to die, it was together. But, mm -hmm. yeah. So, we have that going on. Then, suddenly, that... Oh, yeah, I forgot to mention, completely forgot to mention about Jax. Jax... Jax's power is that his super weak metal arms are replaced with super strong metal arms. So, if... If he never lost his arms, would he just be really strong? Would metal arms just explode out of his hands or something? That's what I was thinking. Like his normal arms just explode and they're metal now? Mm -hmm. No, what he does is he does that thing from Terminator 2 where Arnold like cuts a part of his arm and just peels the skin off. That's what he does. Yeah, sometimes you have done. to peel the skin off your hand. Yeah. Gotta peel like a banana. So. Mm -hmm. Gotta split. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So, everyone else regroups after Kong Lao's death. Oh, yeah. Another change that was really weird. Kong Lao is meant to be the chosen one in this story. Which, he is? Yeah, remember? He is the one that was, like, super destined to be... Like, he was the one that was destined. He was this one that was built up. Liu Kang was just some orphan. Basically. That's stupid. Yeah, and it kind of ruined the dynamic of Liu Kang and Kung Lao from the games, where Kung Lao, okay, depending on which version, the original version actually wasn't upset about Liu Kang being the chosen one. He was kind of alright with it, because he didn't really care about being... A monk monk he just wanted to go live his own life and in Shaolin monks he was super bitter about it and in the new timeline he was he was kind of upset about it because Kong, the great Kong Lao was his direct ancestor versus Liu Kang who was just some random off family member so it was kind of an insult that the direct descendant wasn't chosen by the elder gods but this random cousin was but in this one kung lao is the chosen one or it's supposed to be like he's the one who's super strong he was the one that everyone had faith in and then he dies so hey he was chosen to die oh there's something really stupid from the animated movie where Liu kang oh i completely forgot to mention goro and Cole unlocking his power. Well, you don't really have to mention it. It's so stupid. We need to, because it is important to the plot. So, Goro actually is the one that attacks Cole. Goro is meant to be the Mortal Kombat champion nine times over. He's the one who beat the great Kung Lao. And it's not even Kung Lao who gets to take him out. Luke Kang in the games is the one who takes him out, but not in uh, this version, or really any other version, any movie version. In the original movie, Johnny Cage took out Goro. In the animated movie, Scorpion killed him with a cheap shot. In this one, it's Cole after he unlocks his power, which is literal plot armor. There's no other way to explain it, it's plot armor. Yeah. He unlocked it because his wife was in danger, even though Goro knows the one he needs to kill is the guy with the dragon mark. So it would be stupid to f stop focusing on him to just deal with these two random people. Well, to be fair, she did hit him with an axe, but still. I think she also hit him with a car, but... Goro was, was completely fine. He could have just been like, okay, go away. I'm going to go kill this guy now. Mm-hmm. But because his family's in danger, he... And I remember you laughing so hard at my reaction to this whenever it started yeah. to come up. Because 
I joked earlier in the movie that, oh, I swear, they're going to make Cole Young become Scorpion. Because they because ha- throughout the movie, we see Scorpion calling out to Cole Young from hell. So, it... So when it started, my thought was like, oh my god, they are actually going to do this, aren't they? They're going to make sub the Scorpion Cole Young, or Cole Young turn into Scorpion. But thankfully, no, it was just some random plot armor with... What are those called? Estromistics? Yes. Is that a yes, like you know definitively, or like you think? Think. Let's just go with it. Uh, with some Estromistics, even though... It's never really established that Cole was good with them until now. Like, if if he was a martial artist that specialized with those kinds of weapons, then that would be fine. But it just kind of felt like, eh, here's some weapons, too. Yeah, it only showed him getting beat up. Yeah. In our movie, it's just him getting beat up. Yeah. Uh, he... Oh, yeah, this is also where the upper... Go for the uppercut, Dad thing comes back because after Cole gets his plot armor he starts beating the crap out of Goro and it was so poorly handled how they put it back in there like I think they're trying to imply daughter said it again it's the same audio clip the exact same audio clip because my first thought was oh it's him remembering that I don't know why he'd be remembering that but maybe that's what it is but there's no like echo to signify that's what it is so Mm -hmm. So it's got to be hit her do- his daughter just going, go for the uppercut. And then he just kills Goro. That's so stupid. And I think that's the only time Cole manages to kill anyone in a one-on-one in this fight, in this entire movie. Mm-hmm. And it's against the Mortal Kombat champion. So, so they regroup... Jax has his metal arms. Cole has his plot armor. Liu Kang has his dead cousin. And Sonya's going to go kill Kano. So, Jax fights Raikou. Uh, Liu Kang fights Cabal because Cabal uh, kept Liu Kang from being able to save Kung Lao for a little bit. Even though there was a certain point where... He could have easily attacked, but I digress. Cole attacks Melina because... Meh. Mm-hmm. And Sonya attacks Kano. So, I think how in the order of who loses first, Jax kills Raiko pretty quickly. And then Sonya kills Kano by stabbing him in the eye with a garden gnome. The same garden gnome he spit on. Yeah, he spat on earlier. And that's how she gets her dragon mark. How'd she unlock her power so quickly? I don't know. But her power is those pink energy rings that she shoots out in the games. Okay. In the games Mm -hmm. they were technology, but whatever. So, oh yeah. She uses that to kill Melina. And then Liu Kang kills Cabal with a fire dragon, which honestly is probably the best out of all the kills, out of all those four. So, eh, can't complain too much. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Sub-Zero comes in. He's like, aha, I could have helped any one of these guys help fight and kill you, but I decided to go kidnap these random two people to specifically target one person. Ha ha. Friends of with the Prophecy... Yeah, Hanzo's bloodline was destined... Yeah, that's what it said in the beginning, is Hanzo's bloodline is the one who's destined to help uh, save Earthrealm in Mortal Kombat because we need to make Cole important somehow. He's not important. I refuse to believe he's important. (laughs) So, honestly, he doesn't even manage to beat Sub-Zero on his own. Uh, he sees his family frozen, and I thought they were actually... Well, for half a second, I thought they were dead, and I was like, oh, no, they're gonna be alive. They're just gonna be fine. I know. Another instance of Sub-Zero sucking as an assassin. 
like I like how they handled Sub-Zero in the fights. It's just that ending the fight or anything surrounding the, anything that's not the direct fight is bad with him. Yes. So Cole starts fighting him. He he doesn't do good. He's getting knocked around basically. And then Scorpion shows up. Kind of how like Scorpion was in the original uh, timeline in the games where he just kind of told Death that, you know what, I'm going to go do stuff. I don't care about what you have to say. I'm going to go kill this guy. Goodbye. So he pops up. So Scorpion. So we have the iconic fight of Scorpion versus Sub-Zero. And eventually, well, well, while Scorpion and Sub-Zero are fighting, which looks great, because like I can't say enough about how good the fight looks, the fights look. And meanwhile, while they're doing that, Cole is trying to punch the ice off of his family. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> uh, I, th- I honestly think he's actually using the Eskrima sticks, but it's just funnier to think that he's just directly punching the ice. Because <laughs> I, I think his knuckles aren't even like covered by the armor, are they? No. <laughs> so it's just funnier to think that he's just using his bare fist just to punch on the ice. But anyway, while he's doing that, Scorpion and Sub-Zero are fighting, and it looks really cool. And then eventually, Cole and Sub-Zero, Scorpion end up double-teaming Sub-Zero. And Scorpion does his fatality from the first game, and he burns uh, Sub-Zero alive, and he dies. Then Shang Tsung shows up, and he's like, okay, now I'll kill you guys. And then Raiden shows up, he's like, no, you're not. And then Shang Tsung teleports him and all the dead bodies away. And they hint that they're going to go look for more people who are marked by the dragon emblem, which Liu Kang was supposed to be doing, but he was stuck on the, but he was just sitting on the island. What was he actually doing? Nothing. I, I guess it's implied that he's the reason Jax managed to go there, but then it just makes the question, why didn't Raiden teleport people? But still, I mean, I guess it would be kind of, bad to just teleport someone completely without their knowledge but Raiden you could teleport people to them have them explain the whole thing show them some proof and then have them teleport back to the island but whatever and then it ends with the hint that we're going to have Johnny Cage in the next movie even though he should have been in this one but whatever so that's the movie and honestly this movie's very middle of the road, not just be, not really because it's not because it's doesn't have anything super good or super bad. It just has really good action scenes and then just the plot and the dialogue can be really bad. Except for Kano. Kano's great. Uh it's just very middle of the road. What would you give the film? Mm. Like five out of ten. Yeah, like, like I said, honestly, like honestly, the fights save a lot of the movie. <laughs> yes, like unbelievably amount, like an unbelievable amount. If we could get these fight scenes, like imagine these fight scenes with the original Mortal Kombat movie. Oh, bro, that'd be amazing! Oh my yeah. gosh, and also fix the the CGI on the original reptile. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, mm, that. <laughs> like modern graphics on the original Mortal Kombat movies. Yeah. Like recast some of them original, like the actors there in this one. Yeah. Be perfect. Keep Shang Tsung. <laughs> Keep Shang Tsung a hundred percent. Yes. Get rid of Raiden. Axe Cole's character completely yeah. unnecessary. Completely. Oh my gosh. Yeah. He's... Yeah. It's just. It's just, you know. and Shang Tsung implies that his fighters will be back from the dead, but only really one of them had ever had that president, president, pres. I'm trying to think of president, not pre, not like the president of the United States, president, president, president. I think that's, yeah, that's, that's yeah. what I've been saying. I, I, I couldn't really tell. Uh, had that in the games, which is. Han Sub-Zero and he comes back as Noob Saibot so we might see that in the next one 
And considering how well this has been doing, it will probably get a new one. I do hope they handle the writing a lot better in the next one. Because honestly... Precast writing for the love of God. Oh gosh. Uh, I, th I think they're going to be keeping uh, most of them. They might... I'm trying to think of who they could replace. Maybe they could try to replace Raiden. I don't know if they really could. Just because it's kind of like, we have this guy and we have... Diversity. No... What? Diversity. Uh, eh. That's the main decision in all the castings and characters and stories was diversity. <laughs> you can tell because it's the movie suffered horribly because of it. Honestly, the weird thing is they had this like huge thing about the Chinese versus the Japanese. Notice that? Mm-hmm. Like, Shang Tsung, Sub-Zero, like, these are the Chinese. Liu Kang, Kung Lao, Raiden, uh, Hanzo, they're all Japanese. So, yeah, I don't know, it's weird. So... Yeah, I'd probably have to go with a 5 out of 10, too, just because the fightings do save a lot of it. It's just that the rest of it really brings... I'm trying to decide if it's the fights saving the bad parts, or if it's the bad parts dragging down the fights. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I have to go with a 5 out of 10. I I really hope they improve a lot, like especially for the writing for the next film. Mm -hmm. I'm sure they will, but... Well, time will only tell. Uh, anything else to add? Nope, not really. Alright. So, that was Jake. This is Ethan Looper. This has been Plot Talk, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.